wow. Lord have mercy, I can die and go to heaven now. I've been to River of Life Church on a Sunday morning. I like what I feel and see in the house today. Lord have mercy, y'all make me feel right at home. I love the way y'all rush to the front of the church. In Dallas, we call it the mosh pit. And one time I did a flying leap off the platform, trusting that they would catch me. And they did. But that's been many, many years ago. Have no fear. I've done it. I got it out of my system and it's over with. <laughs> Never to do it again. And I would not recommend that. Oh, Lord, my wife said, did you have to do that? Bless you. You may be seated. I give honor to Jesus Christ. I give honor to your pastor and his family. Wow, what a preacher. Y'all realize what a preacher you have as pastor? What a vivacious reader he is. Lord, I'm just surprised at how many are not readers. You got to read. Oh, Lord. Y'all went quiet on me right there. <laughs> and I appreciate his reading. Well, I guess I can go to heaven also because Brad gave me his wild rice hot dish recipe. Lord, have mercy. I've had wild rice soup. I've had wild rice bread. I've had wild rice, you name it, since I've been here. And now I got the recipe. I told your pastor, I said, now I won't cook it, but she will. <laughs> Brad also gave me a little baggie full of wild rice. He and pastor went and got them. He said, I gave you some that pastor and I got. So, Lord, have mercy. I told my wife, y'all better watch out. She said, that's the best kind. Get some more. <laughs> oh, Lord. So I don't travel this coming week. I'm going to be home. I start back next week, but I told her I want wild rice. <laughs> it's a, a part of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Lord, help us. I've had good therapy time since I've been here. I found the L&M fleet supply. They got everything. Then yesterday I had to, y'all made it so hard on me, I had to have some more therapy. And I went to Glenn's. Oh, Lord, what L&M don't have, 
Glenn's got it. And I had to stay away from the guns or I may not have made it here last night. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm glad to be here. It's been a privilege of mine. Look forward to tonight. We're going to have a grand time. And they asked me when I come in to give them a title and to give them a verse. And I said, I don't know the title. If you know it, please tell me. <laughs> and I'm not sure what verse I'm going to go to today. Somebody said, well, man, that's pitiful. <laughs> A preacher that, well, we'll see what comes up of this. My alarm was set, and I was up an hour and a half before that alarm, praying and asking God again for this service. And when I went to sleep last night, I thought for sure I knew. But no, it's another direction today. Good to see all of y'all. But God is too good to be unkind. And somebody wrote and said he's too wise to be mistaken. They went on to say, when you cannot trace his hand, you can always trust his heart. You see, his heart directs his hand. And if I trust his heart, I'll never have to question his hand. They never contradict each other. There was a time in my life when I knew by observation, but now I know by experience. I used to know by what I saw, but now I know by experience. You live long enough. That'll come true in your life too. Psalms 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You just go through it. You don't linger. You don't put down tents. You just keep walking and you'll go through it. And the message today to this church that I feel is a call to ministry. And the call to ministry is a call to prepare. And to prepare is a part of an ongoing process. Last night after church, we went to that lovely home. You can walk, probably throw a football and hit that house. I'm trying to remember the last name. Tribbett. Yeah, beautiful house. Beautiful people met us there and the leadership team. And I was thinking about this last night. That's that ongoing process 
of the call, its preparation, its ministry. You'll never learn all there is to learn. So you've just got to keep continuing to reach. And it is in that reach that you grow. When you are growing, you are equipping yourself to live. That's what I loved about these songs y'all sing. I come out of that grave. Said I ran out of that grave. I danced out of my grave clothes. I don't want any residue around me. Be a lifelong learner. If we focus first on growing ourselves, then you can grow a ministry and a church. I'm grateful to see the men of this church. When I was a kid, Pentecost was known as a church of women. There was more women. There was strong women. I'm talking in the 50s and 60s, but thank God there has been a strong drawing and pull for men. When you have strong men, you can have strong families. And when you have strong families, you will have strong ministries. And when you have strong ministries, you will have a strong church. Oh, Lord, we need some strong men in the church. Not taken away from the women. We need that. But in our day and age, we need men to step up and take leadership. Not just fade into the wallpaper and just be on the periphery. We need men that'll stand up and be strong and say, I'm going to do mighty things for God and let's grow. Personal growth will always precede a healthy church growth. Personal growth will always precede your ministry growth. Uh, so we must grow. And that's what I feel. There's a depth in this church. Uh, there is a strength that comes from that depth. Uh, it's men and women. It's young people pulling together. It's even reaching into the children and saying, we're going deep so we can sink roots uh, but the roots will cause us to grow high. And the deeper we go, the higher we go. So how do you grow personally? There's six ways. God grows you as you study the scriptures. Number two, God grows you as you pray. You seek him in prayer. God grows you through that internal witness of the Holy Ghost. Number four, God grows you through the books you read. There I am back on those books again. I've never seen so many people waste so much time on Netflix. Never seen so many people in today's generation that waste time with video games. I'm not preaching. Don't worry. I'm not preaching against that. But just... 
when we, it becomes that drive of our life. It's got to be spent. What are you reading? What are you putting into your mind? What are you feeding your intellect? If all you do is get the word from where your pastor preaches, that's not enough. An awesome preacher, but in the day and age of which we live, you better be in that word every day. Grow that way. Number five, God grows you through the people you meet. That's why you've got to be meeting people. That's why you've got to be sharing and reaching. There's growth coming in all areas. Number six, God grows you through the circumstances that you see. You can't always control your circumstances, but you can control how you will cooperate with God Almighty as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time in his word, as you spend time with God's people. His knowledge comes in. And wow, get around passionate leaders. Don't hang out with those that are not passionate. Get around somebody that's passionate with God and that are committed to his purposes. What I'm talking about, you've got to have that personal growth plan. Everybody. Now, this may not be what you wanted to hear this morning, but it's what you got. So hang with me. We're going somewhere. You've got to have that personal growth plan. Plan. That's what I loved about my brother's testimony today. He's talking with his daughter and they find a scripture and somebody wrote it on a note and he didn't know where it come from, but there was somebody in that house. There was somebody that that scripture meant much to them and they wrote it down and the daughter found it. Uh, friends, I'm telling you, that is what we ought to be having from the residue of our life, from the leftovers of our life, from the footprints of our life. It ought to be so our children find that uh, and they're blessed by what where we have been. There's four cornerstones that you must have in your life. Uh, it's books. Uh, reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. Without reading, your mind will stagnate. Books will expand your ministry and leaders are readers. Uh, so read. And I, I, I'm preaching to the choir right now. Your pastor is one. I mean, he'll send me books. And I, I, that's right, with S on the end, books. You know, not a book, but books. And then he'll send me things. This is what I've been reading. This is what. And so, man, he introduced me to an author I had never read before. And I got to reading it. And I read the two books he sent me by that man. And I went and found more. And then I sent him the book. He probably already had it. But I was just wanting him to know, hey, I'm on it. <laughs> 
Lord, I started sending books and uh, man, I was reading one book and I was so excited about it. And he's talking about America and he's talking about what we need to do in these last days. And man, it was, he, he's not in the church. He's not, but I liked what he was talking about. And then I find out his lifestyle is not consistent with our lifestyle. But I still gave his book away. And I said, somebody told me last night, one of you, I don't remember, said, we just read it. And then if it's not good to us, we just spit out the bones and just chew on the meat. Are y'all hearing me? All right. Not just reading books. You need to read the Bible. And the Bible is application. It's so important that we apply what we read. We apply what we learn. So you got to RSVP the Word of God. What does that mean, RSVP? Well, R, you got to read it. S, you got to study it. V, you got to verbalize it. And P, you got to perform it. And when you start RSVP and the word of God, I'm telling you, something's going to happen. There's far too many people that all they know about the church is what the preacher preaches and the people are dancing around. And that is not that that's good. Great. That's good. But it's got to get inside of you. Wow. And I'm hurrying. And then I like to read action books. And your pastors put me on some. They're tools to develop and grow. And uh, I apply the principles that I'm, I'm reading one about the art of survival right now. I was reading it on the plane coming here. and How to survive and the difference in those who survive and those who don't. And he goes into their thinking. He goes into to their back, uh, background and man I got my pen out and I'm writing and stewardess come by and she says I don't know what you're reading but you are writing all over the pages of that book it must be exciting and I said I'm learning and I'm growing uh, and it's a part of me come on you ought to read I try to read at least one a month that's the least. Boy, y'all y'all act like those people back home in Dallas. I get to talking like this, and boy, they just oh, read a book a month. What's the deal with this guy? Uh, I mean, uh, now read it. Develop that leader within you. That's a good one. The winning attitude. That's another one. Be all you can be. Ken Blanchard wrote one called Lead Like Jesus. Jim Collins said, Good to Great. All oh, these are good. Wow. You know what I found? The three works of a pastor. The three works of a pastor. I've been pastoring for 41 years this next November. The first Sunday in November, we'll celebrate 41 years in the same church. Wow. I mean, when I got there, it, it become a career. I said, I ain't, I'm not leaving. Wow. But I've learned in these 41 years of preaching, there's three works that a preacher does. Yes, he preaches. I'm the primary preacher in our church. And I teach. I'm the primary teacher. 
Although I bring in other preachers, I bring in other teachers. And I'm also leading. I'm the primary leader of that church. Preach, teach, and lead. What I have learned is if I will get leadership right, the other two show up. Come on, somebody. Barna said that 95% of the pastors in America don't really believe that they have the spiritual gift of leadership. And they feel like they are inadequately prepared for the task. The truth is only a few people are natural at leading people. Only a few. But everyone has that potential. Wow. Wow. Sociologists say that even the most inverted people will influence an average of 10,000 people in their lifetime. I'm telling you, you meet a lot of people. The average person, wow, that's telling me from Proverbs 4, and you can read 20 through 27. If you are centered on principles, you can influence those people around you. According to this word, you can guide, you can help stay on the right path, you can guard, you keep your heart protected, and you gauge, and that enables you to evaluate where you are so you can make sure you stay with it. What am I doing today? I'm helping to build character. I'm helping to direct our decisions. I'm helping to correct our lifestyle. We must consume God's word and put the truths of it to work in our life. Amen. Let me tell you something. I believe y'all are running 200, 250, something like that, 300. Let, let me just say uh, for sake of time, say it's 200. So of all of us right now, they tell me the average one of us here can influence 20 people quickly. So the potential for growth within this church, if it's 200 people times 20, how much is that? Wow. 10 times 200 is 2,000. You add another 2,000, you got 4,000 people. 4,000 people is the potential growth for this church. You say here in this city, that's right. 4,000 people. And I'm getting a whole lot of people looking at me like, oh boy. All right, let me dumb it down a little bit. What if it's not 20? What if we bring it down to five? Each one, five people times 200. How much is that? A thousand. I'm still getting those looks. Oh no, I don't know. Well, let's bring it down to two. Two people. 
Wow, how much is that? Boy, we got a bunch of mathematicians in there. So if we just look at it simply, we have a growth blueprint that is easily reached with 400. I don't know how many kids you have, but if you'll times that number by two, I don't know how many young people you have, but if you'll times that number by two, I don't know how many married couples you have, if you'll times that number by two. I don't know how many singles you have, but if you'll times that number by two, we'll come out at right at 400 people. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, growth is here for our church. It is revival. There is potential. It is in us and on us. If you want to call this, call it our growth blueprint. Watch this. Each of us possess a growth blueprint or an internal script that dictates how we relate to revival and growth. That's why you're quiet while I'm preaching right now. Because as you listen, you are thinking. And as you are thinking, you see that I'm right. I want you to watch this. If you change your personal blueprint for growth and revival, we can change our ability to have revival and growth. Too many people are content where they're at, even though they know, boy, if I'll put everything into this, watch this. Today across America, on football fields, men are playing a game that they're highly skilled at and they're paid by that skill. And they make a ton of money. But the best of the best, those that win and go to the Hall of Fame, they will tell you it's not on any given Sunday. It's what I have to do every day at practice. It's what I have to do every day in the film room. It's what I have to do every day with coaches. I'm telling you right now, Tom Brady was one of the best. He had six coaches for himself. Michael Jordan, arguably one of the best at basketball, had six personal coaches. It's what they ate. It's how they lived. It's where they went. It's who they associated with. Right now, there is... A man named Deion Sanders that's making a splash all across America. Do you know how many coaches he has in his own personal life? He's a head coach, but he's got six coaches that are coaching him. What are you talking about, preacher? Preacher. 
I'm telling us, the majority of men and women in America, they know what they've got to do, but they are content to be where they are. I was young, but I made my mind up. I'm not staying where I am. I, I'm not going to be like this. This church isn't going to stay like it is. Uh, we're not just going to be a little church running 150 or 160 on the backside of nowhere. I went and got me some coaches. Uh, I got me some men that were speaking into my life. Uh, I got men that were, they had already done what I wanted to do. Hello, somebody. And there they went. I'm telling you, if you'll get your blueprint, you want to grow children's ministry, you want to grow your personal ministry, whether it's youth or outreach or prayer or whatever it is, missions, you've got to change your blueprint. You've got to start believing it. <laughs> People that are unwilling to make major sacrifices in order to succeed will continue to play the role of a victim and deny that they have no control over their situation. I'm preaching to a bunch of people here today that are making major sacrifices and you're saying, I do have control. I can be better on my job. I can be better in my marriage. I can be better in my parenting. I can be better in my ministry. Come on, somebody. Why don't you be the best husband there ever was? Why don't you be the best wife there ever was? Why don't you be the best parent? Come on, somebody. Shout yeah. Come on. This will all go better if you'll shout with me. Be the best employee you can be. Don't just drag along and just, you know, you get to work and you take an hour trying to get ready to work and then you work a couple of hours, but then you got to take that break and yeah, thank God for breaks, but then it's lunchtime and now you <coughs> come back from lunch and you're slow getting in there and then by the time you got to take another break and then you work hard and then it's time to go home and before long we've only given about three to four real good hours boy y'all are acting like those people in Dallas why don't you be the best employer you can be wow Wow, work at it. Go for it. Wow, few people who have revival and growth discard their limiting beliefs. And too many people just hold on to it and succumb to it and just give in to the limits. I'm, I'm preaching somebody break the limits in your prayer. When was the last time you called a, one day of fasting? I, I have them tell me all the time, preacher, boy, I can fast a day or two days when it's me. But when you call it, oh, and we're all on it, it gets so difficult. I said, I doubt you're calling. <laughs> 
Because if you were fasting like that and it was easy, that tells me you've been fasting a long time. Why don't we get better at it? Come on, let's put everything we got into it. Uh, wow. Revival churches are those that believe I create my destiny. Non-revival churches, they just say, well, whatever happens will happen. No, somebody's got to get busy. Somebody's got to kick out the traces. Wow, I didn't start at being a pastor. I had to start just being a, listen to this. If you're going to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. I can tell you right now, I'm one of the best followers. I can follow, but I find I can influence more people if a good follower becomes a good leader. Hello, somebody. So let's lead in revival. Wow. Revival people focus on opportunities while non-revival people focus on obstacles. Oh, Lord, I know this should be in a leadership venue. I don't know if the only church I preached like this to on a Sunday morning was Dallas First Church. Oh, Lord, help me right now. Wow. See, people who grow admire other people who have already grown to where they want to be. Wow. But non-growth people resent people who grow. I see them in our church. People who grow and they're blossoming and they're becoming and God is using them. And other people that aren't growing, they're sitting back talking about the one that is growing. Hello, somebody. Wow. It's not enough to be in the right place at the right time. In order to be at the right place at the right time, you've got to make sure you're the right person in the right place at the right time. Wow. You want more fruit? Change your root. I'm telling you right now, if you'll change, if you want to change the visible in your life, you've got to change the invisible. You change what is above the ground by changing what is under the ground. Come on, somebody. Wow. What you cannot see in our world is far more powerful than anything you can see in the world. Now, just think on that a little bit. Wow. Wow. Your programs, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions cause your results. Now, money is a result. Wealth is a result. Health is a result. Illness is a result. Weight is a result. We live in a world of cause and effect. And what we do determines what we're going to have. 
Lord have mercy. When we come with a choice, and we all have choices, let's choose our purpose. You can't really see that. Let's choose our contribution. Let's choose our joy. Keep looking for that. Don't give in to anger and fear or a need to prove yourself. I had a wise man tell me one time. He said, I'm not like you. I don't have to prove anything. And I said, man, I don't have to prove anything. I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. He said, yeah, what you need to do is prove something to yourself. Now think about that. Wow. A lack of money is never the problem. It's the symptom of what's going on underneath. Man, for how many years we were trying to pay off our building, and man, we had a, when we first started, it was $23,000 a month we had to give before we could pay an air conditioning note, before we paid the heating bill, before we could pay the staff, before we could pay anything. We had to have $23,000 a month. And once you paid it, you had to turn around and worry about it again. And here we go. And Lord, thank God we got it down to 16,000. I shouted until I realized I still got to come up with 16,000. And two years ago, the Lord told me, pay off this building. And I, I said, we don't have the money to pay that off. He said, pay it off. I'm telling you right now, pay it off. I went to that pulpit. I put together my plan. I went there and I got up and I preached it, paying it off. I had three men come to me after church and said, Pastor, while you're preaching, we were back in the back putting it together how this is going to happen. Here's our five-year plan and we're going to pay it off. I got all excited about it. I came to the church with this five-year plan. They started giving. I'm going to tell you, we owed, it was $2.5 million what we started with. We had got it down to a little over a million, about $1.2. And in one year's time, not five-year plan, in one year's time, we paid it off and we had our, we had confetti cannons. We were, I mean, we were going, we had t-shirts and we, we were dancing and the bank didn't like it because we paid it off how many years in advance and they wasn't going to get all that money and interest, but we paid it off. And the church said, now, preacher, give us a break. We know what you're thinking already. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a year. <laughs> and so for a year, we have not had to pay that note. But you know what we've been able to do? The people just kept giving and they just kept giving. And what we're able to do every month was take that 
that came in and we just put it in to a building account. And you know what we're doing in about a year from now? We're starting again. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, whatever you need is in this church. That's like that black preacher got up and he's preaching that church. And he said, church, we got to fly. And they're saying, let the church fly. He said, but before we fly, we got to walk. And before we walk, we got to crawl. But once we walk, we can run. So let the church run and let the church fly. And he said, in order for the church to fly, we got to have your money. And the money is here and we're going to, boy, they were shouting happy. And then he said, the money is is in your pocket. And they hollered back, we don't want to fly. <laughs> One of them hollered out, just let us walk, preacher. Just let us walk. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, it's here. The symptoms uh, is underneath uh, what I feel in this church. You can't see it, but it's going on underneath it. Your pastor's already alluded to it today. There is a feeling of breakthrough. There is a feeling. You watch what happens next week here. I'm telling you, whatever results you are getting, whether they're good or bad, positive or negative, it always is coming from your outer world being a reflection of what is in your inner world. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Uh, we got to believe it. Uh, we got to. Somebody shout believe. I can change my future by changing what I believe. Come on, your job can be better. You're worth more than $15 an hour. Well, I got three or four amens. I got a whole lot of <laughs> Come on, somebody. Wow, rise up. You can do this thing. Wow, somebody shout, yeah. I had a boy that was 22 years old College wasn't his thing. He was working for a company that was doing asphalt, laying asphalt. And I got to telling him, you can do, you're smart. You got things in. He got to searching and looking at how he can make money. Let, let me tell you what, what to do. If, what, whatever you're, you're up, up against, make a list. 20 ways of how I can do this. That's how we got to where we could pay the building off. I just come up with 20 ways. I got one person who can pay the two and a half million. Well, nope, scratch that one off. Well, I have two that can do it. Nope, don't have that. Scratch that. I go all the way down until finally I got to the end of what we can do together. And so he started thinking like that. And I don't know, he don't know furniture. He don't know beds. He started selling mattresses. He didn't have an inventory. He didn't have a store house. He didn't have a, a showroom. 
He was just doing this off his computer. And boy, people would call him up. And he was on this social networking. And people would call him up. And he would say, go to my website, look, order this. I'll have it to you within the week. <coughs> wow. I want to tell you, his first year, he made $120,000. Now, that's not the norm. I mean, he was giving, he was working day, all day, all night. He was going, I had to caution him and say, now, you got to do your ministry. Now he's got showrooms. Now he's not just, he's selling furniture. And he's nearly 30 years old and he's making some, come on somebody. He changed his blueprint. Today, this morning, I was on the phone with one of ours that's come out of our church. And they've started a church and they may have 40 today, but I was preaching this to him. Change your blueprint. Don't just go for 40. I want you looking for 80. I want you doing everything you can to get 80. I was talking to another one. He started a church in Florida this past August. He's running 25 now. And I said, I don't want you thinking 25. I want you going for 50. By the end of the year, I want you to have 50 people in that church. And boy, we're going through it now. I, I want to challenge this church. You can be at 400 in a finger snap. Well, I got a few, but I got a whole bunch of you just sitting there looking at me. If I can just, see, I used to think if I'll spend my time with the bottom 20% in our church, we'll grow. We didn't grow at all. I, th those people stayed the same. But then I started going after the top 20%. The top 20% will give you 80% of your growth. And what I found out was the 80% will minister and do better at the lower 20% than what I could. Hello, somebody? Wow. And that's where growth started coming. Wow. I'm talking to somebody just right around the corner. You've got Christmas time coming. In 10 weeks, it will be December the 17th. If I got my thinking right just now on the fly. I think it's 10 weeks from now will be December the 17th. You could have 400 in, in attendance. Thank you for that overwhelming response. Thank you. I mean, y'all are really taking in. This is good. Let's go for it. Let's roll up our sleeves and say, I got 10 weeks to influence two people to be here on that Sunday. Wow. Get your dad to come back from Houston. Wow. I'm all for the Astros till they play my Rangers. <laughs> come on, somebody. This is what I'm talking about. You can influence two people. You change your blueprint and say, I can't. Well, but I'm old. Oh, you can reach. Call your grandkids. Come on, somebody, go after your neighbor, somebody on the job, somebody around. Get them to come. You got 10 weeks. 
to get two people here. You know, so many of y'all looking at me like My Lord, that's what is wrong with America. Too many people are just sitting around, just saying, well, this is the way it is. This is who I am. And, and you don't vote. Oh, Lord, now I'm meddling. Now I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, uh, don't go there, preacher. Uh, I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm just telling you, go vote. I got Democrats and I got Republicans and I got independents. And I got some, they don't know who they are. I'm telling them, just get involved. It's church. We're going for it. Let's give it everything we got. It's fall time. It's fall fest. Have y'all seen all the colors around here? Man, I'm looking and I'm going, oh my Lord, that's a whole bunch of leaves. <laughs> That guy was out, a neighbor had his uh, leaf blower out there and he's blowing these leaves all up in a big old pile. And I said, look at all that color and look at all that work. Uh, it's fall. Well, then I'm just going to get a bunch of people. I want to get people to come to church. Come on, somebody. Wow. We, we've got All Nations Sunday coming the last Sunday of this month. All Nations it just happens to be my anniversary. Wow. And so you know what we're doing? We're having All Nation Sunday. It's family day, but it's also, <coughs> it's also celebrate pastor's anniversary. So I got everybody bringing her a gift. See what I did there? <laughs> I don't have to buy her anything. They all are bringing her. <laughs> what are you doing, preacher? Wow, if I have to get people, I'm, I'm telling them, come celebrate my anniversary. Man, what are you going to do? Man, we're going to feed people. Man, and, and then I say, it's going to happen on Sunday at 10 o'clock at church. I should have known, preacher, you were doing. I got my horseshoe coming. I got my vet coming. Where I buy gas, I got them coming. And the mayor of Dallas has changed from a Democrat to a Republican. I got him coming. Come on. I don't agree with George Bush on most of what he does, but that's all right. I got him coming. Are y'all hearing me? He lives right there in Dallas. Wow, he's been putting me off for so long. I am telling somebody right now, all you've got to do is change your thinking and you change your living. You don't have to go down, you can go up. You don't have to be uh, under, you can be over. This is not just a church on the backside of nowhere, but this is the truth. This is the way. This this is the bread of life. You find the good shepherd here. Wow. This is the light of the world. You are the life and you are the door. Come on, somebody. You are the salt to the earth. You're the light of the world. 
You've got royal blood in your veins. You gotta tell somebody. You need to get out this afternoon wherever you're eating and tell, hey, 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 I just come from a turned on church and they were praising the Lord. Hey, you need to come. You owe it to yourself. Wherever you go tomorrow, you're talking it up. You're living it up. You're changing that blueprint. I can do all things through Christ whom strengtheneth me. Somebody shout yeah. Some of y'all didn't say nothing. Whoo. This is what I'm talking about. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you've been, and boy, you're sitting there going, man, who is this guy? They brought him in here. Oh, my. Uh, I want to challenge you. You can be better. You don't have to be bitter. Come on, you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to always be like that. My son is a Dallas police officer, and he's been doing it for some six or seven years, and his beat is southeast Dallas. If you know anything about Dallas, that's the worst part of Dallas. The police do not go in there by themselves at night. So I asked Caden, I said, have you ever had to go in there by yourself? He said, yeah, I do it all the time. He said, I'll make sure I got backup coming. I said, well, when you're 6'6 and weigh nearly 300 pounds and you go to the gym every day, I said, okay. He says, I pull up to the fight or I pull up to the where whatever the crime is. And he said, they're all mouthing and doing everything. It takes me a little bit to get out of that squad car. But he said, once I get out and stand up, they just go quiet. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. If you'll get in the gym, that mental gym, that emotional gym, but most of all that spiritual gym and you'll start working out and start believing and start expecting. Come on, somebody. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right here on the second row. Didn't you tell me last night that today is the eighth year anniversary where somebody was preaching and said, you can overcome and you crushed your cigarettes and walked out of that eight years ago today. Come on, let's celebrate with him. It's his anniversary. And I wonder in here today, who is in here today? You got a trouble. You got a problem. You got a situation that you can't handle. I'm telling you, the way he overcame was changed his thinking. And he said, I can do all things through Christ whom strengtheneth me. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Wow, I don't know. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a alarm going off on a car like went off the other night. 
And I had how many people had to run out. I know what it was. The guys were running out because they were going to get whoever's out there getting their car. And they were rolling up their sleeves. I like that. But I feel an alarm going off in here today. Somebody's after your children. Somebody's after your baby. Somebody's after your marriage. Somebody's after your ministry. Somebody, and you've got to make up in your mind, hey, the alarm's going off. Uh, sirens are screaming. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting in that fighting stance. Lord, Hayden told me, that, that's my son. He said, Dad, I love it when they get out and they want to fight and they back off in their little kung fu, judo, Hare Krishna, whatever it is. And they all come at me and they're doing all that thing. And I just give them a U.S. mail fist right to the jaw. He said, you can't come have a street fight doing all this and stuff like that. Street fighters don't fight fair. He said, I fight to get it over with quick. He said, I realize when I'm into it and it's going to take more than a minute or two, I'm saying we're in trouble. Get me some backup out here. His first arrest was two men. It was a father and son. Both of them were over 300 pounds. Both of them were about six, seven. And his training officer pulled up to it and said, I'm going to sit in the car. You go arrest both of them. He said, I went in the house. I said, what'd you do? He said, it was a fight. I said, how did it end? He said, both of them came out with their hands handcuffed behind their back. And I was pulling up on them, making them jump and do the hop. I said, you won't fight me again. I said, is that why you got that black eye? <laughs> is that why you got that swole lip? He said, they did get in their licks. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to fight the devil fair. He wants me to fight him by myself. I'm not going to do that. I come in him in the name of Jesus. I come in him with the word of God. I come in him by the blood of Jesus. I come in him saying, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I come in him and saying, all right, Jesus, tag up. You got it. You got it. Come on. I wish somebody would make up in their mind. This is my day. This is my hour. This is my church. This is my ministry. There's power. There's glory. There's might. Let's stand our feet right now. Lift your hands and give God glory. Change your future. Change your thinking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. Get your mind going for Jesus Christ right now. Get your mind going for the power of the almighty God right now. Wow. 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 Come on. Change your thinking. Change your mind. Oh yeah. Most of the times our problem is a thinking problem. Wow. Wow. Get the sight. Get what you see is in Jesus Christ. Christ, quit blaming everybody else. Quit blaming this or that and give it all you've got. Wow. I'm going to open these altars now as they're coming to sing. I want somebody that's saying, I can, I will, I must. I can. Uh, just the way, an 
he's coming to celebrate eight years. What are you going to come celebrate? Would you step out from right where you are?